A cool thing about making videos as long as we have, and I'm not even going to do the math, but it's around a decade, yeah. is that even when a main character seems to have finally left the spotlight, either by choice or against their will, they almost always seem to find their way back. Mm -hmm. They thrive for the limelight. Because the fans, the fans ask for it. Mm -hmm. and, and folks, somehow Adam Newman returned. Wow. Despite his many failures. <laughs> yeah. The story arc that Adam Newman is known for was so full of hubris and so disastrous that it spawned books, a documentary, a TV show, and a nice chuckle every time I see a building with that WeWork logo on it. Hmm. Adam Newman, alongside others like uh, Elizabeth Holmes and increasingly Elon Musk, is the type of figure that exposes how much of the economy is just built on bullshit, mm -hmm. or to be more specific, bullshitters and the very rich people who fall for the bullshitters' bullshit. Yeah, so not to recap the whole WeWork saga, but Basically, all you need to know is that Adam Newman somehow convinced deep-pocketed investors and financial institutions that a company that rents out office space is somehow a tech company. They broke the mold. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, they had the potential for infinite growth, uh, despite the very finite real-world limits on the supply and demand for office space, and despite the fact that companies like Regus have been offering the exact same service for decades. How Newman managed to pull this off comes down to a few factors. First of all, he's really tall, He's really charismatic, and just those two traits alone can take you really far. Yeah. He believed his own bullshit, he too. That's a, that's a big third. That is the key. You got to believe your own bullshit. Yeah. Secondly, this was all going down in the midst of a huge bull run for tech startups with no end in sight. This is never going to end. And this was peak millennial workforce. Mm -hmm. and they're like, yeah. The old office building, we need to take down all of these uh, 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 the cubicles. cubicles and make it open concept. Yeah. We need a coffee machine. We need Doritos. We need some neon lights over here. And I want a ping pong table in every yeah. open space, Just every bullpen. So many ping pong. I don't want to hear, I don't want to have a moment of peace. I want to hear that plink plonk plunk. So WeWork's whole thing was just like, oh, you call up WeWork and it's like, that's already there. Yeah. That's your second stop. After you go down to the bank and say, I don't know, I'm starting a company. They're like, here's a million dollars. For free. Yeah. Just keep it. Yeah. Then you go down to WeWork and uh, you sign up for an office space. Adam Newman solved the problem of the consistently diminishing third space. That's he right. He said, what if we made the office the third space? Yeah. It's first, second, and third space, baby. Mm -hmm. All space. We live. Which was coming next. That was coming next. Yeah. Uh, also, in addition to that, like we said, these weren't your granddad's offices. No, no, no. Uh, I mean, functionally, yes, they were your granddad's <laughs> offices, but the interior design was fun and modern and therefore more attractive to younger clients and their boom economy startups. This is never going to end. Free money forever. And when one of those startups made a billion dollars, Adam Newman would have been there to say, wait, hold on. No, you didn't, because that was invented in my office chair. Yeah, well, he didn't get that far. Yeah, shame. So, yeah, that was enough to convince a bunch of people to just go all in on WeWork. But when those investors tried to take WeWork public on the stock market, all of the requisite disclosures made it clear that this actually wasn't exactly a slam dunk business model. And also, it turned out Adam Newman personally owned a ton of the buildings that WeWork itself was renting from, which is kind of a, a huge conflict of interest. It's a uh, sort of landlord human centipede. <laughs> yeah. um, and this, combined with other revelations about Newman's uh, leadership style and massive ego, led to WeWork abandoning its stock market plans and firing its founder, Adam Newman. They seemed to figure that this was just a setback, but then six months later, we had the COVID-19 pandemic, which made offices a lot less important and eventually kind of killed the whole startup economy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was no surprise when in November, 
WeWork filed for bankruptcy. As for Adam Newman, his WeWork debacle was, in fact, just a setback. <laughs> and back in 2022, Andreessen Horowitz invested a ton of money in his next company, Flow, which was supposed to be basically WeWork for apartments and still hasn't actually launched. And now, baby, everything's come full circle. Here's The Verge. Five years after driving WeWork into the ground, <laughs> co-founder and ousted CEO Adam Newman has now hatched a plan to buy it out of bankruptcy. In a letter to WeWork's advisors obtained by the New York Times, Newman and his new real estate business, Flow Global, it's what a terrible name. Sounds like a feminine products company. Yeah, or like a, a, a plumber's company. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Flow Global express interest in buying the co-working space solution, but claim WeWork has been ignoring attempts to get more information so they can come up with a bid. <laughs> I wonder why. They're leaving me on red. <laughs> hey, it's me, Adam. Remember me? Hello? Hello? You know, it's you know, Adam. You know that cash injection you're looking for? I brought tequila shots. Hey, <laughs> who wants to go out in the woods? Uh, it continues. Newman and Flow Global have been exploring a purchase of WeWork since December 2023 with the help of funding from Dan Loeb's hedge fund, Third Point. However, as noted in the letter written by Newman's attorney, Alex Spiro, the same person who represents Elon Musk, mm. WeWork doesn't seem interested in entertaining Newman's potential offer. We write to express our dismay with WeWork's lack of engagement even to provide information to my clients in what is intended to be a value-maximizing transaction for all stakeholders, Spiro writes. I wonder why. <laughs> with Newman at the helm, the once $47 billion company threw out plans for an initial public offering in 2019. That's around the same time Newman stepped down, but not before taking an enormous payout, of course. Oh, well, at least Adam Newman made a ton no, of money. he's still a billionaire, which is fucking wild. <laughs> and that's the thing is, after the pandemic, like, WeWork sort of would have made sense if it had launched then instead of the years prior, because it's like... I mean, even still, we're... They could have got up some uh, real estate, uh, business real estate, at a much cheaper price than before, at oh, least. Oh, yeah, if they had come along at that point. Yes. Yeah, they could have gotten in the door at a steep discount. But yeah, the business model, like, even now, like... At least in, like the big cities, the big and, city, yeah, like hybrid stuff. Uh, like. I mean, I know people like most places don't let you work from home completely, but like they're on a yeah, hybrid, hybrid model yeah. where like you only have to come in a couple days a week, and it's just like yeah, you need a lot less office space when you got that system. So yeah, I mean, this is pretty weird on multiple levels. Obviously, selling your company back to the guy who previously got ousted for ruining it would be an insane turn of events. But the fact that we're learning of this because Adam Newman and his lawyer leaked it to the press is also very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? You would only do that to apply public pressure and make people think, wow, WeWork would be fools not to take that offer. And I personally am never going to use a WeWork again unless yeah. Adam Newman is Come in charge. Come on, WeWork. Say yes to Adam. We he, want Adam. He could run on the... Uh, the, the king has returned. The, the uh, thought that... Remember how much fun we all had when we were literally burning <laughs> yeah. billions of dollars? Wasn't it fun, though? I Yeah. I mean, I'm sure whoever's still Every left there does have a few positive moments, but they're probably outweighed by all the weird negative moments. True. But don't you want those 2013 vibes back again? I mean, yeah, we all want it to be 2013 again, <laughs> Adam. But it's just not. Uh, nobody wants that more than Adam Newman. Yeah. Uh, Adam Newman's ego is apparently so unfathomably huge that even after making $47 billion evaporate, he's still convinced that he is the best person to be running WeWork. He thinks he's Steve Jobs returning to Apple in the 90s. Um, yeah, they also leaked the news that he actually tried to buy his way back into WeWork back in 2022. 
and that his offer was rejected with no explanation. Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. It's so weird. You were fired for reasons. It's like we work there. They're like, in, they're trying to avoid me. They don't want to do business with me. Yeah. Why could that be? It's like why the, would uh, WeWork not want me, Adam Newman, back in the fold? It's the flip of Twitter, where uh, WeWork is now just a bunch of people trying to salvage whatever business they can out of it. Yeah, that, and that's we're exactly, trying to make money here. They they did issue a statement to I think it was TechCrunch, and they're like, look, we're we're going to stick with what we're currently doing, which is like you know very meticulously trying to like figure out a path forward uh, that you know lets us survive and a nice sensible conservative <laughs> financial plan <laughs> yeah, i think we're good i think we're gonna do that instead of hiring bringing back the guy who got us in this fucking mess in the first place yeah, it would be like if he took back over now it would be that sean vids tweet but with adam newman adam newman's gonna figure yeah. out why all these guardrails were put in place while he was gone it would be like uh, if and when elon sells twitter like two years later he offers to buy Twitter again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Okay, Ah, buddy. they fixed everything. Yeah. Time for me to take credit for it again. It's looking a little too functional over there. Well, the, 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 the only thing different is that Adam Newman actually made money off of that company. He did. He did rig it so that he would make money. <laughs> he also, like, in addition to owning a bunch of the buildings that he would then rent to his own company, mm-hmm. he also, he remember he owned, like, the trademark to the word we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and so WeWork had to pay Adam Newman directly to license the word we. A, uh, a genius. Yeah, a genius. Him and his wife. She doesn't get enough credit, but she's like real big brain on that wife of his. That's because she had a direct connection with God. Yeah. She was talking all the time to God. She was. Uh-huh. Anyways, WeWork seems pretty dead set on not letting Adam Newman anywhere near their company. But also, they're bankrupt. <laughs> and it would be extremely funny if things reach a point where selling the company back to Adam Newman is the only way to avoid going out of business. That's all he needs to wait for. Yeah. It's not going to be very long. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Guess I we'll mean, see. Yeah, guess we'll see. Yeah. But uh, speaking of business ventures that are losing tons of money despite all of the hype, it's time for the AI section of the show. Oh, good. And let's start with the latest in AI image manipulation technology. Now, one of the scariest consequences of this technology is non-consensual imagery of mostly women, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. i.e. someone feeding an AI program pictures of a woman and having it spit out custom pornographic images. I mean, with revenge porn, you could at least like fall back on the victim-blaming stance of telling women, well, you shouldn't have shared those naked photos of yourselves, this is what happens. You would be wrong, but yeah, you... That, yeah, yeah, like, it's victim blaming. But yeah. now, anyone with just even fully clothed images of themselves is just as at risk for this. Mm-hmm. So, I, you shouldn't have posted anything online ever. What were you thinking? Yeah, uh, that's bad enough, but here's where things get fucking weird. If you, <laughs> if you needed any further proof that this kind of thing is less about sexual gratification than it is about having power over women and their bodies, here's 404 Media. Not content with depicting real women nude or getting gang-banged without their consent, people are digitally manipulating images to put modest clothing on women they deem undignified. Like some of the viral Taylor Swift deepfakes, these images jumped from 4chan to Twitter and gained more viral attention from there. Users who are sharing the manipulated images that clothe women claim they are using AI tools and have promoted the practice as dignify. Dignify. Rolls off the tongue. A thread on 4chan's notoriously hateful poll board reads, with the power of AI, we will clothe the insta-thoughts. We will purify them of their tattoos. We will liberate them of their piercings. We will lengthen their skirts. Loser. 
Puritanical weirdos are back in a big way. Uh-huh. They they really are. Yes. We are, again, reliving a very well-documented portion of history once again. Not we. A very <laughs> small subset of society yeah. is doing that. Uh-huh. Let's, let's be clear about that. Clear. So yeah, Dignifei seems like something that typically probably wouldn't leak too far from the confines of 4chan. Because again, it's fucking weird. But it has, of course, gained support from high-profile chuds like Ian Miles Chong and Jack Prilosek. (laughs) Resulting in tens of thousands of Twitter followers for the Dignifei account in just a week. Uh, Most of its posts have actually been replies to just random women posting photos of themselves showing some skin. Here's you. Here's what you would look like if you were wearing clothes. Mm-hmm. And more recently, after being called out for being uh, misogynistic weirdos, they have done a few posts dignifying famous men that they consider too tattooed and unkempt. Take a look in the mirror, you fucking weirdos. Yeah. Show a picture yourself. Yeah. Take a selfie right now. But yeah, it's still mostly just putting clothes on women, which, I mean, yeah, it isn't nearly as harmful as the other way around, but it's still 100% is a fetish, which 404 Media delves into here. Dignifei spawned out of a conservative, frequently right-wing, and fashy subculture that's gotten more popular as an online trend in recent years. Trad wives, or traditional roles for men and women, but especially, and most strictly, for women. Trad culture dictates that women stay home and make babies, care for the household, and dress modestly so as not to shame their husbands. It's an idealized version of the 1950s nuclear family aesthetics where men provide for the house and women are relegated to the kitchen. On TikTok especially, more women are either recording their actual romanticized trad lives or LARPing as homesteaders. It's obvious, but should be said anyway. Many straight men are extremely horny for this. Yeah, and the, I mean, the one of the earliest examples we got of this uh, was, of course, Ben Shapiro's sister, mm-hmm. who I don't think posts much anymore. But probably, when she did, probably for good reason. she's like, you know, I'm just a, I'm a traditional gal. Like, not even like leaning that hard into it. Just being like, you know, I like being a wife and a mom. I like cooking and taking care of the kids and just every fucking thing she would post online. It's like, mm, mommy milkers. Mm, I want to lick your toes. Just disgusting. Wait till the bots find out about this. They're going to put that like scrambled text below every reply. It's like wearing apron in bio. <laughs> what? <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Pussy in bio. The latest one I saw is they they use some like weird symbols to like yes, spread the letters out. out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Soon it's going to say like ironing in bio. There's a whole market that they can tap into. I guess so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, also, like, uh, NPR did a report this week about, like, the no fat movement. So that's gone mainstream enough that National Public Radio is covering it. And it's just like, yeah, there's, like, no real medical evidence for any of these claims. And also, like, we interviewed a bunch of men in their early 20s who got really obsessed with this in their teens. And it seems like, in every case, they just spent... All of the time that they previously would have spent, like, jerking off and being horny, obsessing about not jerking off mm-hmm. and not being horny, achieving almost nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm Latch Me Sing. And today we're talking about the No Fap movie. No Fapping. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of gooning. Well, here's <laughs> No Fap. God. Ugh. But moving on from... What the fuck? Oh, we got another flash flood warning. Oh, good. But moving on from weird AI to legitimately dangerous AI, we have some updates on that story from a few weeks back about an AI-generated Joe Biden calling up people in New Hampshire to discourage them from voting in that state's primaries. Mm -hmm. This was an early taste of what has the potential to be a huge problem leading up to November's general election. 
And fortunately, the authorities do seem to be taking this pretty seriously. Thanks, Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the AP. Authorities issued cease and desist orders against two Texas companies they believe were connected to robocalls that used artificial intelligence to mimic President Joe Biden's voice and discourage people from voting in New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary last month. New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella said Tuesday that investigators have identified the source of the calls as Life Corporation and that the calls were transmitted by a company called Lingo Telecom. New Hampshire issued cease and desist orders and subpoenas to both companies, while the Federal Communications Commission issued a cease and desist letter to the telecommunications company, Formella said. In a statement, the FCC said it was trying to stop behavior that violates voter suppression laws. During a news conference to discuss the investigation, Formella described the calls as the clearest and possibly first known attempt to use AI to interfere with an election in the United States. He notes that the calls went well beyond the political flyers that have landed in voters' mailboxes during past elections. Calls using AI with something as deceptive as trying to clone the voice of the president of the United States, we haven't seen something like that before so close to an election with such a blatant attempt to mislead voters, Formella said. We don't want it to be the first of many. We want this to be an example for us to point to, but also an enforcement example for anyone out there who would consider doing this. It's going to be whack-a-mole. It's go- It's only going to get crazier, folks. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jacob Wall just kicking himself. Fuck, if I had just waited... Like, only I waited. Waited one election cycle. I could have really gone ham with this shit. Yeah, well, now that Jack Berkman can't practice law, maybe he'll... He's got a lot more free time on A lot on more hands. time to scam. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the article also notes a detail that we didn't see before that's fucked up and kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the robocaller somehow managed to spoof the personal phone number of someone who runs an actual Joe Biden super PAC. So that person's phone was blowing up with calls from people who tried to call the robocallers back. Yeah. Anyways, the FCC is also working to quickly amend the existing Telephone Consumer Protection Act to make robocalls using AI-generated voices. Make all robocalls illegal. illegal. That, would, yeah. that would be the easiest thing, I think. Yeah, well, you're right. Yeah, like, mm, what would be easier? Figuring out how to stop these AI robocalls or stopping all robocalls, all unsolicited phones. Why do you hate commerce? Why are you trying to obstruct commerce? Because it's annoying. I already got Joe Biden texting me. Hey, it's about Joe Biden. We need you now to help support the campaign. My phone, like, figured out on its own that all of the Democrat, like, uh, spam numbers just it, they sends it to spam automatically. I didn't have to. No, tell I have. Uh, if if it's a phone call, I get the that it just goes. Oh. It, but uh, yeah, text messages. No, I'm talking about texts. Oh yeah, it puts like all my texts from. It's learning. I report them as junk every time. Anyone like I still get the Bernie ones, but like everything else, like I'll see a notification like once a week. It's like you got a bunch of spam messages this week. It's all fucking Democrat stuff. So leave us alone. I like that. You're doing more harm than good. But yeah, if they, I mean, it would be a step to at least make this illegal. And mm-hmm. that would hopefully deter this from happening again. Yeah. Wouldn't stop it because the Pandora's box has been opened, but it yeah, would at least like, deter what, it. You, I mean, you'd I'm have sh- to think twice before doing it, whether it's worth going to prison. I'm sure that <laughs> actually, I don't, I don't know if there's any kind of thing in place, but it seems like it would be. Probably pretty easy to do this as a foreign country with a foreign service. Yeah. Well. So, I, cool. it just seems like a nightmare. I mean, no one picks up their phones anyway, so just, I, yeah. I wish I could just disable the phone function on my phone. Yeah. So. Yeah. But in other news about how we now cannot trust that anyone is who they say they are unless they are standing right in front of us, here's some wild, wild news from CNN. 
A finance worker at a multinational firm was tricked into paying out $25 million to fraudsters using deepfake technology to pose as the company's chief financial officer in a video conference call, according to Hong Kong police. The elaborate scam saw the worker duped into attending a video call with what he thought were several other members of staff, but all of whom were in fact deepfake recreations, Hong Kong police said at a briefing on Friday. In the multi-person video conference, it turns out that everyone he saw was fake, Senior Superintendent Baron Chan Shunqing told the city's pr public broadcaster, RTHK. Chan said the worker had grown suspicious after he received a message that was purportedly from the company's UK-based chief financial officer. Initially, the worker suspected it was a phishing email, as it talked of the need for a secret transaction to be carried out. However, the worker put aside his early doubts after the video call because other people in attendance had looked and sounded just like colleagues he recognized, Chan said. Believing everyone else on the call was real, the worker agreed to remit a total of 200 million Hong Kong dollars, about $25.6 million, the police officer added. Holy shit. You, like, that has to be like such a fucking mind fuck when that guy's like, all right, seems suspicious, but they were all there in the meeting. All right, here you go. Send in the money over now. And then like you get a call like 10 minutes later, like what the fuck is going on? I was like, I did what you told me to do in the meeting. What are you talking about? No, you were all there and you were there and you were there and you were there. Yeah, that's fucked up. Remember when I deleted every bit of Machinima history on accident because they gave me access to the Dropbox? No. <laughs> <laughs> I had that feeling, but it wasn't because a bunch of virtual people were looking at it. I was just like, why is my computer so full of files? Oh, no. Blap. It was like every archive. They got it back. They had to like pay a bunch of money to get it back. But uh, Wow. I'll say I did it intentionally. Yeah. You know, I, these you days, know what? They deserved it. <laughs> and the result was the same in the end. They ended up getting everything back, so... But and now it's all gone. <laughs> now again. It's all gone anyway. Yeah, so. it, didn't, it didn't fucking matter. No harm, no foul. There is no evidence that a company named Machinima ever even fucking existed. Yeah, what are we so. even talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've seen a few similar scams to this in recent years, but the lengths that these scammers went to are so insane that you really cannot blame the victim for assuming that everything was legit. Yeah. And this is just, it's really just a high effort version of the type of scam that we all are gonna just need to be extremely wary of. For the rest of our lives. Yeah. Especially older people who already fall victim to impersonation scams all the time. So, once again, talk to your parents and grandparents, folks. You know what uh, makes me feel uh, immediately suspicious of with this is the fact that all these fucking companies, they want to do the goddamn virtual meetings like the Apple thing where you're just like, oh, right. okay, yeah, that kind of looks like the person, but they're in the Apple thing. So it doesn't look exactly like them. And that would be so much fucking easier to duplicate. Yeah, wait. So how does that, with the Apple Vision, if you set up like your face scan and stuff and someone else puts on your headset, does, do you look like them in the video chat? I would hope that that wouldn't be the case. Because that's fucking crazy. Yeah. I don't like that. Uh, I would hope that Apple has some kind of built-in security. They seem, yeah. in general, Apple seems to be ahead of that kind of stuff. And it yeah, would be, maybe they are building that ecosystem because it's like encrypted and, and all siloed off because it's their own. But still, like, it is funny to see the, how, how fast everyone's moving towards virtual meetings with like avatars and stuff when it's even worse yeah. than dealing with what we currently have. But it doesn't matter. They'll just deep fake it. Even if you're doing a, a typical Zoom call. Nothing matters anymore. The whole world's a joke and money is fake. Yep. So, anyways, we got lots more news coming up in the second half of this episode. But first, we let you know that this episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. Use it to call your parents and grandparents. Tell them not to get... <laughs> Don't get scammed. No. On average, it takes about 30 days for a person to break their New Year's resolution. So if saving money was on your 2024 list, 
Too bad. Odds aren't that great. Hope you're still on it. Luckily, we have a 100% guaranteed way to save you money this year. Just switch to Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That is unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com newsday. That's mintmobile.com newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com newsday. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is also sponsored by Shopify. You probably already know them. You probably already love them. It's Shopify. It's the best platform for shopping hosting your own business, and keeping track of all your shipments in one place. There's a ton of amazing duos out there in the world. Hey, we're a perfect example. Yep. But the best duo is, of course, Shopify and you. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. No matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. We love Shopify's simple and easy-to-use app because it keeps track of all your online shipments. You can even connect other platforms so that your tracking is all in one place. Super convenient, and they give you that shop cash every time you order, and you can use that. Some places give you uh, boosts on that, mm. get bigger discounts. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com newsday, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com newsday now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com newsday. Okay, back to the news now, and yeah, it's the Elon half of the show. No! So let's just run down this week's Elon Musk bullshit Starting with a hilarious new detail. That trip to Auschwitz did absolutely fucking nothing for him. Oh, well, yeah, that, that is true. He is just openly following Nazis on the platform. Yeah, and uh, in, interacting with them. Yeah. yeah, we love it, don't we? No, we don't. We hate no, it. No, everything sucks. But yeah, uh, let's start with a hilarious new detail about a, a story from last week where the Delaware Court of Chancery agreed with a Tesla investor who thought that Elon was paying himself too much money. And so they, they took that money away. Mm -hmm. The deciding factor for Judge Kathleen McCormick was that everyone involved in deciding Elon's compensation seemed much more loyal to Musk than to the company's shareholders, whose interests they're supposed to represent. And that includes a lawyer who, during a deposition for the case, broke down crying like a bitch because he loves Elon so much. Wah, I love Elon. Here's Gizmodo. You want your lawyer to be on your side. The more passionate they are, the better. If they're so passionate they can't control their emotions, though, you might be in trouble. 
And that's exactly what happened to Elon Musk in a recent court case. Todd Marin, former general counsel for Tesla and the billionaire's former divorce attorney, broke down crying over his love for Elon during a deposition about how much the billionaire got paid. The waterworks came amidst the most devastating financial blow of Musk's career. On Tuesday, a Delaware court struck down his $56 billion compensation package at Tesla. In a scathing opinion, Judge Kathleen McCormick said the process of approving the CEO's pay was deeply flawed and unfair to Tesla's shareholders. Musk controlled Tesla through a series of incestuous relationships with the same people who were supposed to be representing the company's interests, McCormick wrote. McCormick cited Marin's weeping as a key example. <laughs> you. This you. person has clearly done drugs with Elon Musk. Hey. Hey, he, weepy. He might be on Molly right now. Yeah. Continues, Marin wrote many of the documents that Musk's legal team highlighted to show the process of negotiating his compensation was fair. But Marin was so beholden to the CEO that his, quote, admiration for Musk moved him to tears during his deposition, McCormick wrote. That's a problem. A company's general counsel isn't the CEO's lawyer. They're supposed to represent the company's interests. It seems like that wasn't the situation at Tesla, however. In fact, Marin was the primary middleman between Musk and the committee that determined his pay, and Marin didn't seem clear whether he was on Tesla's side or Musk's. Marin didn't just cry at the deposition. Apparently, he was holding back tears when he testified about leaving Tesla during the trial, calling it the most difficult decision he ever made in his life. Pathetic. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. Can you imagine simping for Elon Musk so much that you break down in tears, and those tears end up costing Elon Musk tens of billions of dollars? I mean, it's poetic. I'm sure lots of people cry for Musk every day. Mr. Musk, please notice me. Elon, please. Just one interaction for the algorithm, please. Elon. I'd like to file a complaint. Elon. But like we always say, Elon Musk has a fetish for lawsuits and needs to be involved with several lawsuits at any given time in order to get off. And this week, he signed on as the benefactor funding Gina Carano's lawsuit against Disney. Carano was fired from The Mandalorian for repeatedly making controversial statements on Twitter, despite being asked not to multiple times. Because Twitter is so central to the case, and Elon Musk cares so much about free speech, he's bankrolling the lawsuit. And, folks, prepare yourself. Is this a serious lawsuit or just some dumb bullshit? You're about to find out. If this doesn't get thrown out, there's, there's, there's issues. Uh, let, we're going to read from the intro section of the lawsuit. So, again, brace yourselves. Here you go. A short time ago in a galaxy not so far away. Bum, bum, get out of my courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> we find in favor of the, uh, the defendant. In fact, Gina Carano owes Disney money. <laughs> you owe everyone in this courtroom yeah, she's, money. She's using their IP in the court statement. <laughs> a short time ago in a galaxy not so far away, defendants made it clear that only one orthodoxy in thought, speech, or action was acceptable in their empire, and that those who dared to question or failed to fully comply would not be tolerated. And so it was with Carano. After two highly acclaimed seasons on The Mandalorian as Rebel Ranger Cara Dune, Carano was terminated from her role as swiftly as her character's peaceful home planet of Alderaan had been destroyed by the Death Star in an earlier Star Wars film. Wow. And all this because she dared voice her own opinions on social media platforms and elsewhere and stood up to the online bully mob who demanded her compliance with their extreme progressive ideology. Defendants' wrath over their employees' social media posts also differed depending on the sex. Even though the force is female, defendants chose to target a woman while looking the other way when it came to men. While Carano was fired, defendants took no action against male actors who took equally or more vigorous and controversial positions on social media. 
Oh man, I wonder what those male okay. co-stars were posting that could have been even worse than what what she did. That's got, that's got to be crazy. Okay. So this lawsuit is ostensibly about forcing Disney to rehire Gina Carano and pay her for lost work. But clearly what it's really about is attention and fanning the flames of the culture war. That part about her male co-stars posting similarly controversial things online seems to be mostly in reference to Pedro Pascal posting stuff in favor of Black Lives Matter and LGBTQ rights. What? He did that? And he still has a job? Yeah, which in Gina Carano and Elon Musk's view is no different than spreading election conspiracies and claiming conservatives are as persecuted as Jews in Nazi Germany. I don't see the difference. Also, fucking Pedro Pascal has a deeply personal connection. Yeah, to the he LGBTQ. has a trans sister who he loves and like defends, and he's he's a really cool guy because of that. But also, it's like, like come on, one person is saying, "Hey, black people and LGBTQ people should have rights," and one person is well, not uh, Gina Carano. She wasn't as direct about it, but you you can't say that saying that and saying. Black people and LGBTQ people should not have rights are equally controversial. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Anyways, uh, we are just going to assume that when Disney fired Gina Carano, their army of lawyers made sure they did it by the book in a way that is lawsuit proof. Yeah, they're it kind was of, probably in the contract yeah. before. <laughs> yeah, the it's firing. also like, I mean, it's Disney, and their, their stated reason for firing her was that uh, her values didn't align with theirs. And this is a company that is very image conscious, and I'm fucking positive has a morals clause or something like that in any contract they sign with an actor, especially an actor on a series that's long running. Especially when they invoke any kind of uh, uh, not Nazi comparisons, because Disney's already been through that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, very funny because uh, when she was fired, she really did the full parade of how this was yeah. the best thing oh, that ever happened man. to her. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. It's All they're going to do is have to do is pull out like the Variety or Daily Wire article yeah. where she's like, finally. She was clearly baiting them into doing it because yeah. like, you know, you get that wingnut welfare yeah. off of it. And, and then uh, your movie makes like $12,000. She's only issuing this lawsuit after her right wing comeback just completely failed. Yeah. She was like, oh, I finally get to like executive produce my own movie that I get to star in. And it was that Blood on the Prairie movie that made like $10,000 total. Yeah. Like, There's a porno that they put through that uh, bot that makes everything traditional. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dignify this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, very funny that it was just like, finally, I am free. Mm-hmm. Just like there's, free a, there's articles with her quotes in it. Just Yeah. And, it's so, and like so many of the tweets, like a big part of the case is like, oh, uh, she was being bullied by like Disney fans and Disney... Uh, Disney, like, you know, coalesced the woke mob. Uh, and all the screenshots of tweets of people, like, being mean to her have, like, four likes. Yeah. And, well, also, <laughs> like, it, it, this week, Elon Musk posted that, like, inclusion guideline thing from ABC in California, and they're like, someone leaked this to me. Yeah, it's been public for, like, four years. Yeah, it the was, person who it wrote it... was an issue of Variety. <laughs> no, it's a Hollywood Reporter. Yeah. The person who wrote the article was like, oh, you mean this article I published in uh, four years ago? Yeah. That who wow, someone leaked this to you? This internal memo? Jesus fucking Christ. But anyways, for Musk and Carano, uh, this case isn't really about winning. Because if and when they lose, that's still outrage bait and more fuel for the culture war. Yeah, it's like they win either way. Yes. They win by getting the headlines that this is even happening. Because the like, majority of people won't even follow yeah, up on it. When they lose, it's like, oh, the courts are woke too. E- Elon Musk is like, I know that there's already been books about him, but the book about his transformation, his Howard Hughes arc, 
is going to be fascinating because people are already like, I've seen posts where they've shown kind of a progression or yeah, a, de- no, a digression. Like, yeah, someone pulled like, up. Uh, like, Remember when this guy used to just talk about rockets yeah, exclusively on Twitter? Someone pulled up his timeline from 10 years ago and it was like wild. He's like just talking about cars and rockets. Yeah. Like. And somewhat knowledgeably. Yeah. Like, I mean, at least or at least. Passably. Yeah. And compare that to now. And he's like just openly interacting with like straight up Nazis, like not even like crypto fascists, people just like posting like memes that you can only interpret like Hitler would have hit the like button on this if yes. he was still around. Uh, the it, it also a fascinating study of like the people who just went and huffed straight COVID to prove that it wasn't uh, that bad all seem to be legitimately losing their fucking minds. I mean, that yeah, that will be an interesting thing that plays out over the next decades. Of, yeah, uh, yeah that's, it's our generation's lead in the gasoline. Well, we also, <laughs> unfortunately, Elliot, we also have the microplastics. Yeah, that's fun. Who knows what that'll do? <laughs> uh, it's already doing really bad things. We have it, it, Our age group has the highest cancer rate in history. Seems bad. Yeah. Anyways, moving on now to... Another update on Elon and Mr. Beast's little experiment mm-hmm. where Mr. Beast posted videos directly to X videos. That's right. They, they were exclusive, right? Yeah. Exclusive X videos from mm-hmm. Mr. Beast in order to test out the revenue share and see if it's a viable video platform. Uh, during the experiment, Elon boosted Mr. Beast's videos in a very inorganic, artificial way and even potentially broke the law by running it as an undisclosed advertisement. Mm-hmm. And in the end, Mr. Beast got paid a bunch of money, though still way less than similar views would have gotten on YouTube. And he seemed positive enough that he's continuing posting X videos, but he's also admitted that he's kind of a special case and your results may vary. Yeah, well, the latest update is that another popular creator decided to go ahead and do a little experiment of his own, minus the attention from Elon. The YouTuber TierZoo, who makes fun educational videos about animals that get millions of views on YouTube, posted one of his videos to X with the caption, in order to test Mr. Beast's hypothesis that this ad revenue is a facade, I am uploading my first full-length video on this platform. It is a re-upload of my most popular video of the past two years. Please enjoy while I see if the money is really there. And that was back on January 22nd. And last Friday, he revealed the results of his experiment. I have an update. My video and all of the viral tweets surrounding it made me a whopping $40 for 5 million views. This is an abysmal rate. On YouTube, I'd have probably made 100 times that amount. Still, in the interest of transparency, it's more than zero. (laughs) Okay. So there you have it. We all knew the Mr. Beast X videos situation was a scam, but TierZoo went ahead and proved it. And uh, yeah, that's with original lengthy content and without the attention of one Elon Musk. I I get Mr. Beast ads constantly now. Yeah, it's upsetting. Every single one he does, someone just immediately screenshots the fact that it's being played as an ad. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, it's, it's, there's gotta be, because if you're running that as an ad with the other ads on it, it's like, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because if you own the ad rate, you can pull some levers behind the scenes and you're running that thing for free while getting money from an advertiser yeah. That's paying for the views that you're giving to that for free would yeah, seem it seems like some like, kind of... It, it seems like Elon is exploiting Mr. Beast. Exploiting. 
Because Mr. Beast isn't running these ads, at least I don't think he is. No, I think uh, Elon the, is like just being like, we're running this video as an ad, and that ad will have an ad attached to it, so I make money. And those are the premium ads that companies yeah. are specifically targeting Mr. Beast to run on. So, I don't know. It's, uh, but yeah, it's completely inorganic, and um, it's not a good video platform. Why mm-hmm. would it be? Just look at it. Hey, well, at least you're going to get <laughs> Tucker Carlson talking to, to Vladimir Putin uh, to the point where the, uh, the, public ministry, like a social ministry or whatever, was like, no, we get requests all the time from Western media. He just wants to talk to someone who's going to align with his views. Right. Yeah, he's like, no one has ever talked to him. It's like... The community noted by, like, one of the people in Russia. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, in related news, remember how Elon got rid of the old verification system and replaced it with the current model where anyone or anything, can just pay $8. And he repeatedly said that this was the only way to stop all those bots spamming Twitter. We get the $8 blue check mark. Bye-bye, bots. Pussy and bio. Uh, That was always, always, obviously bullshit. But the rise of AI chatbots has made the problem a thousand times worse lately, with popular posts being flooded with obviously AI-generated replies that get pushed to the top thanks to that $8 algorithmic boost. And you can see this under literally any popular post, but the craziest example is this one shared by researcher John Scott Railton, which starts with an obviously AI-generated post, which reads, The photo captures a couple exchanging vows at sunset. The emotions it evokes are love, happiness, and the memory of a special day filled with promises. Well, it looks like some wires got crossed (laughs) somewhere, and either the AI image prompt or an AI interpretation of an image got tweeted out, minus any context. There's no image attached to it. But then we see the dozens and dozens of replies from verified blue check accounts. Such a beautiful moment, wishing the couple a lifetime of happiness. This photo makes my heart melt. Love truly is magical. This photo speaks volumes about the magical bond between two hearts. This photo truly encapsulates the beauty and magic of true love. Just pages and pages of verified AI chatbots reacting to another AI chatbot's all-text post as if it contained a photo which it did not. It is the dead internet in full effect. And it's still unclear exactly what the purpose of this stuff even is, but it's everywhere lately, and it's made using this husk of a social network an even shittier experience than usual, especially since there appears to be no enforcement against what is textbook inauthentic behavior. The only, this, again, I'm not saying that this this is what they're doing, but this is something that at a ginormous scale artificially inflates both the traffic and interactions on the platform. So when Lindy Yaccarino wheels out these numbers, what are the numbers? So you're saying this is an inside job? I'm not, well, I'm not, I would never say that. (laughs) I'm just saying it's very suspicious that if they, I say, I'm not saying that they're doing it. I'm saying that if they use the numbers and the traffic and interactions as a way to sell to advertisers or value the company, that is inherently inaccurate because yeah. of the, the sheer volume. I mean, it would make sense because, like, why would you pay the money? Why, who, someone's paying for these accounts, supposedly. Yeah. And why? But if no one's paying for these accounts, that, that would make sense. I also wouldn't be surprised if there was some automation going on behind the scenes while people are using dark web credit card numbers to sign up bot accounts with the $8. Maybe. I mean, the only ones I've seen where I like kind of understand the purpose, which is just to like amass followers and then sell the account. There's ones that under viral posts, 
Essentially, uh, just regurgitate like Wikipedia. Yeah, and other reference. viral posts. Yeah, you posts saw this a lot with like the Tracy Chapman Grammys thing. Like I saw a bunch of posts where it's like, uh, it's verified, so they have no fucking character count. And it's just it's them just, like, yeah, the like, history basically of, yeah. like regurgitating articles about her and uh, yeah, like follow for more uh, information. Yes. It's uh, bizarre and uh, suspicious. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, yeah, the dead internet. It all Just a bunch of robots X. talking to each other. Anyways, the good news is that Twitter's main competitors are improving, though very gradually. Uh, Blue Sky finally opened itself up to the public this week after a year of requiring invite codes to join, so anyone can go sign up the there. The logo sucks. Change the logo. It looks like MSN from 2002. Oh, yeah, yeah. I liked when it was just literally a sky. Yeah, it looked great. I don't know what they think they're doing. The, it, the butterfly the is literally the MSN logo from yeah, like, the Yeah, it really is. Yeah, get rid of that butterfly. Yeah, what are you doing? Anyway, yeah, Blue Sky might have missed the window for striking while the iron is hot, but also, as long as X sucks, Blue Sky is an appealing alternative, and X fucking sucks. And it's getting progressively worse day by day. Yeah, I still don't use Blue Sky. I like. I don't post on there at all. I do, I do scroll, Yeah. and uh, it is refreshing. If I've been on, like, Twitter already that day, I switch over to Blue Sky, and I'm like, this is, you know, just so much more relevant because it's just the people I'm following, and it's, yeah. like, stuff I'm actually interested in. Yeah, it's like, Instagram has ads, but I, like, seeing what my, my friends are up to. Or, like, it's or just... Even, like, even fucking brands I follow where I'm like, oh, I like this, uh, this mountain biking yeah. company or whatever. It's like, at least I'm seeing stuff that I enjoy. Yeah. Twitter, if, even if I see, like, a somewhat interesting tweet or a take on something... I'm like, oh, I wonder what people are talking about in the replies here. There's nothing happening in the replies. Yeah. It's just bots saying things. You got it. Yeah. It's anyway. Meanwhile, Threads, the Meta Twitter clone, they're finally adding bookmarking, which for me specifically is an essential tool. It is like the deal breaker that stopped me from using it this uh, up to this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So bookmarking, it's still being tested. It's only available to a limited pool of users. But once it launches, that is one more reason to make the switch, at least for me, because yeah. like. If I'm using social media, I'm usually, like, I'm bored. I'm in the middle of something. If I stumble across something that I'm like, oh, this would be interesting to talk about on the show, on X, literally just tap a button. I can save that because I'm immediately going to forget about it. Yeah. And then, like, five days later, I go through my bookmarks. I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Or if I have something, like, an article I want to read later, save it. Threads and Blue Sky don't fucking have that. And it's like... Very annoying. Like, you can still bookmark using, like, third-party tools, but that's, like, so many taps. I want it just one tap. So, add the bookmarking. Zuckerberg, if you're listening. Mark? He's growing his hair out, you know. I did notice that when he went to Congress. He's... Looking good, Mark. He's finally giving up on, like, the Julius Caesar bowl cut. Yeah. And he's going back to, uh, you know, living... Uh, living in Silicon Valley in a house with seven other dudes. uh, It's it's because he's in his underground bunker now. Yeah. Yeah, when he's not in front of Congress or whatever, he's wearing a potato sack. Plus, uh, you know, bigger the hair, closer to God. Uh, it's harder to find the it's harder to find the hitbox if you're uh, if you're fighting him. Yeah. Before it was like that's definitely Mark's head, <laughs> but now the you know there's hair. It's like oh, I punched, but all but I got was hair. Oh, he's gonna have to put it in like cornrows uh, so that people don't grab onto it during the fights. Do it, Mark. Get cornrows. <laughs> yeah. You spend so much time in Hawaii. I'm sure there's someone there. That They'll braid it up. Someone there who you kicked off the land uh, yeah. will probably give you some cornrows for if the price is right. Yep. So just ask around. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that's it for today's episode. We'll be back soon with News Dump and then, of course, some weird news after that. 
But if you're starving for content, well, first of all, hit the like button so that YouTube knows that you like the show. Yeah, come on. And it tells other people that are similar to you that they might like the show. Yeah. That's how algorithms Algorithm. Uh, so click the like button, leave a comment, reply to a comment, hang out down there, and please be sure to watch our most recent videos. We got we got Apple's Gooner goggles making people look like fools. We also got the Steroid Olympics. Check those videos out, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.